Thank you for listening to the Rivers Church podcast with Pastor Andre and the Rivers team. Be sure to subscribe for a weekly dose of encouragement and inspiration to help your daily life. We pray that this message will help in whatever season of life you might be in. Well, I'm beginning a new series this weekend and uh, felt prompted for a while to speak on this topic. And you may hear some things that you've heard about before, but uh, don't be put off by that because these things are relevant for right now. And I want to kick off by talking about a man who we've mentioned many, many times, just such an amazing man, Nick Vujicic. He was born without arms and without legs, quite a thing. Yet, this man is an evangelist, he's an author, he's a painter, He's a swimmer, can you believe it? No arms or legs. He's a skydiver, motivational speaker, and a surfer. Can you believe he surfs? And he's one of the few people in the world that can do a 360 degree spin on a surfboard. As a result of that, he ended up on the cover of Surfer Magazine. He's spoken in over 60 countries to countless audiences. Millions of people have been inspired by him, but he's just a little man without arms, and without legs. And he's married, got a lovely wife, uh, Kane, and uh, he's written a book, so appropriate the title, Unstoppable. And you know, to me, Nick Vujicic is a picture of someone who is absolutely unstoppable. Nothing going for him, yet he presses through and he's incredibly successful. Then I think of another person I've mentioned before, Bethany Hamilton. She's an Australian surfer who had her arm bitten off when she was just 13 by a 4.3 meter shark. Took a chunk out of her, and uh, that was in November 20, uh, uh, 2003. But in, in already in January 2004, she was back in the water. Uh, in fact, 26 days after that shark bite, back in the water, and then entered a competition early in 2004. And she's gone on to be a very, very successful surfer, entered major competitions, and uh, she's also married with three children. They are youth pastors in their church, serving the Lord, as is Nick Vujicic. He's an evangelist. And these are Christians who, who've understood that no matter what gets taken out of your life, you've got to be unstoppable. And she's been on TV shows. She's spoken at various events. And uh, she wrote a book as well. Can you believe it? Be Unstoppable. And although Nick Vujicic and Bethany have lost body parts, that hasn't stopped them from moving forward. I wonder today if things are stopping you. I see so many people being stopped in their tracks, stopped from their dreams, stopped from their faith. And uh, whereas God's wanting them to move into their future, they've been stopped. And you know what? You and I, just like these, these two young people, we too can be unstoppable And so today I want to begin a series called Living an Unstoppable Life. Living an Unstoppable Life. And you may ask yourself, well, living unstoppable. I wish I had a personality like that. No, no, it's not about being brash or stubborn or having one of those personalities, you know, you're just lucky that you've got the confidence. No, there's a spiritual unstoppableness that we need to develop in our lives. And you may have had some severe setbacks. You may say, well, Pastor Andre, you don't know what I'm facing I want to tell you, we are more resilient than we know. And you'd be amazed what you can do if you just trust God, lean on his strength, and rise up today. You too can be unstoppable. Now, this week I read something fascinating about the human body. 
You know, they say that if you fall uh, three stories, only half of the people who fall, you know, if you fall off a balcony, only half the people who fall three stories survive. The other half die. If you fall 10 stories, 10 stories, very, very few people ever survive. I mean, if someone survives, it's a miracle. But I was reading about this man in Manhattan, New York, Al Cena's uh, Marino, and he fell 47 floors, a window cleaner. Him and his brother were cleaning the windows, and the thing came uncoupled, and he fell down into an alley, 144 meters, 47 floors, broke 10 bones, and the uh, emergency services found him there, managed to revive him. Three weeks later, he woke up in hospital. He suffered some side effects, but today he is living a normal life. He's a Christian. He's a believer. Guess what he does? He does charity walks for his church, raising money. He has learned how to bounce back. He has learned how to be unstoppable, even though he has fallen so far. Maybe you've fallen. Maybe there's something in your life that happened, and you say, well, it's not the economy. It's not, it's not the looting. It's not the, the, the country. It's not just COVID, but I've had personal challenges. I want to tell you today, even if you've fallen, you can bounce back. And you can be unstoppable. After a fall, a setback, financial challenges, pain, God can give us that spiritual unstoppableness. Let me remind you of the Apostle Paul. He was unstoppable. The disciples were unstoppable. The early church, even though persecuted, was unstoppable. And we need to take our cue from them. Now, in a moment, I'll unpack the message, but let me remind you here what happened to the early church. They arrested the early disciples who were preaching in the streets, and, uh, and they, bear in mind, they were unstoppable despite persecution. And this is what the Scripture says. I love reading this because it inspires me, and I hope it inspires you today. And it says in Acts chapter 4 and verse 17, but to stop this thing from spreading, this is the Sanhedrin speaking, but to stop this thing from spreading any further among the people, we must warn them to speak no longer to anyone in this name. Then they called them in again and commanded them not to speak or teach at all in the name of Jesus. But Peter and John replied, which is right in God's eyes, to listen to you or to listen to him? You be the judges. As for us, we cannot help but speaking about what we have seen and heard, after further threats, they let them go. Isn't that amazing? They were unstoppable. And just to remind you here, they were stopped from preaching. Some people are saying, you know, the church is being held back today. We're actually not. We can preach freely. You're watching online. I can go on television every week, and we can preach the gospel. We can talk to our neighbors. We can publish. Church is still happening. We may not be in our buildings and... You know, our buildings are amazing, but our buildings aren't the church. But the church goes forward. The church goes on. And we, like those disciples, need to be unstoppable. And I want to encourage you today, don't be put off. Don't be put off by fear, by doubt, by intimidation, just like they were intimidated. And uh, don't allow the overwhelming odds and COVID to make you stop in your tracks. Because the enemy wants to stop you. And when he stops you, that's when your life is immobilized. Remember Lot's wife? She looked back and looked at all that was once before, and she turned into a pillar of salt. The devil does that. He gets us to stop, and then he completely immobilizes us, but we must go on. And I want to speak to you now, break up this message into two parts, and I want to look at five things that stop us easily, and then I'm going to give you four ways to be unstoppable in this part today. And, you know, it's so easy to 
to be stopped. Someone once said this, when you hit a wall of any kind, don't splatter, bounce off. And today that's what we need to do. When we're hitting a wall, we need to not splatter, and there we are, we need to bounce back. So what are the things that stop us uh, easily, what stop us in our tracks and, and prevent us from moving forward? You may relate to them today, but I'm going to encourage you to move past them, and I'll give you some practical things. How do you become unstoppable? We'll look in a moment. But here are things that stop us. Troubles, sickness, and hardship. I mean, I've said this over the last year and a half. We're facing troubles, we're facing sickness, and we're facing hardship. But look at the Apostle Paul, how he dealt with it, how he became unstoppable. In 2 Corinthians 4, he says, Therefore, since God in his mercy has given us this new way, because of being new Christians, we never give up. And then he says, that is why we never give up. Though our bodies are dying, people are affected by COVID. Our spirits are being renewed every day. For our present troubles are small and won't last very long. We believe it's going to be over soon. Yet they produce for us a glory that vastly outweighs them and will last forever. You see, we can have trouble, sickness, and hardship, but we need to be unstoppable. And we need to look at the Apostle Paul, but we also need to look at people in our church. Pastor Bill and I have become unstoppable by God's grace, but there are many in our congregation. Our team is unstoppable. I was thinking of Celia Lopez. She owns a net florist, and we often order flowers from her. Celia's had her business robbed. They stole her computers. She lost her husband last year due to COVID. Then they burned down one of her buildings. She's faced tremendous troubles, but you know what? Celia still serves God. She may be shaken, but she's pressed on, and she is unstoppable. Then down in Durban North, there's a builder who's done a lot of work for us in Belito and at Durban North. Neelan is his name. Lost two million during the looting. Two million rands worth of damage. But guess what? Neelan is not lying on the ground. He's picking up the pieces, trusting God for a payout of insurance, and in the meantime, getting on with his business. He is unstoppable despite troubles, sickness, and terrible hardship. The second thing we find ourselves facing is persecution, sin, and the Lord's correction. Some people stop when they face persecution. Some stop when they sin. They fall, and they never bounce back. Others face the Lord's correction, and then they get cross. Why is this happening to me? And many believers are too sensitive, but we've got to become insensitive to persecution, and we've got to become unstoppable. So many giving up on their faith. Jesus warned us in Matthew 24, pointing to the days we're living in, and he says, to, he said to the disciples then, and he's pointing to us too, he says, then you will be arrested and handed over to be punished and put to death. All nations will hate you because of me. They will hate you. Don't be surprised on social media. Many will give up their faith at that time and they will betray one another and hate one another. How many of you know today, if you're given an opinion, if you're given an opinion on social media about biblical truth and holiness and God's requirements, you can be hated and canceled but we've got to learn to become unstoppable. Even though you say that, I'm going to go on. Even though you say that, I'll keep preaching. And we need to be people who endure and look to Jesus for an example. You see, Jesus was unstoppable. And in Hebrews, it says, think of all the hostility he endured from sinful people. When Then you won't become weary and give up. You see, you, you look at him, 
and you become unstoppable, and you remember what he said, and you tell yourself, no, I'm not going to be sensitive to pressure. I'm not going to be sensitive to challenges. And it goes on to say here in Hebrews, after all, you have not yet given your lives in your struggle against sin. See, when we face sin, we mustn't give up. And you have, have you forgotten the encouraging words God spoke to you as his children? He said, my child, don't make light of the Lord's discipline and don't give up when he corrects you. Can you see I'm talking about persecution, but also sin, also the Lord's discipline? And he says, for the Lord disciplines those he loves and he punishes each one he accepts as a child. See, God's not trying to stop you. He's trying to grow you. And incidentally, Nick Vujicic said this about the Lord's discipline and challenges. He said this, the challenges in our lives are there to strengthen our convictions. They are not there to run us over. God's trying to grow you, become unstoppable and say, I'm going to get bigger. I'm not going to get bitter. The third thing here is financial problems and lack. And we are facing that in our country, financial problems and lack. But we are Christians. We are not just people who get angry and, and then and say, well, because we are, have financial problems, we are entitled or we, you know, it's justifiable that we burn buildings. No, Christians live differently. We can't determine what the world does, but the people of God are unstoppable in their faith, their holiness, and their commitment. And in Galatians chapter 9, uh, Galatians chapter 6, Paul's speaking about what we should do when we face financial problems and lack. And Boss Wilma alluded to it during the offering today, talking about sowing in famine. And Paul here says, let us not become weary in doing good. For at the proper time, we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Can you see that? You can become weary of waiting, weary of giving. But we need to be people who keep going. We are unstoppable in our tithing, unstoppable in our offerings, unstoppable in sowing. Because we're not put off by what we see immediately. We're looking long term. We're also looking to eternity for a return. And so we press through financial problems and lack. And I can tell you now, we can't serve physically in the building because it's too risky. And we want to be obedient to what government is saying. Work around that. But we can give. And you've seen we're making a difference. And, and you only saw a smidgen of it on TV you know, I'm so, so concerned that we don't promote ourselves and brag on social media. Look what we do. Look how much money we've given. But we're doing something, and you can play a part. Don't be put off. Be unstoppable in your giving, even in financial troubles. And you heard that today during the offering. Then number four, the fourth reason why people are often stopped is unanswered prayer. You pray, but God doesn't answer. Someone dies. You lose a loved one. You lose a second loved one. How, God? Why, God? But the Lord says, trust me, keep your eyes on me. I'm a good, good father. Trust me in eternity, I'll make it known. But right now, you need to go on in faith. You must become unstoppable. And Jesus taught us in Luke 18, in that parable of the persistent widow, to keep praying and to never give up. We need to keep praying and never give up. And we need to trust God that sometimes things take time. Abraham waited 25 years until Isaac was born. And sometimes we have to wait for God to answer our prayers. Number five, the fifth thing that stops many people, and there are many others, but this is just part one, disappointment. Maybe today you're disappointed. I come across many disappointed Christians. Social media, people posting things, articles are written. The Christian news channels are always talking about pastors and leaders and Christians who are disappointed and things didn't turn out the way they wanted. 
But you know, the Bible tells me that if you follow the Lord and you stick closely to him, you become unstoppable and you're not easily disappointed. Psalm 34 and verse 5, the oppressed, the oppressed look to him and are glad they will never be disappointed. You know, I think you get disappointed when you're disconnected from God. And that's when you become easily stopped in your tracks. But when you're connected to God, you can go through hardship. And when you don't have the wrong expectations that everything should just flow in your life. I don't just serve God in the flowing times. I serve him in the winter and I serve him in the summer. And you need to do the same. Philip Yancey, in his wonderful book, Disappointment with God, it's worth reading. He says this, he says, we tend to think life should be fair because God is fair. I think we think that. But God is not life. And if I confuse God with the physical reality of life by expecting constant good health, for example, then I set myself up for crashing disappointment. Can you see? We need to expect the best from God. We need to believe he's a good God, but life comes in. What we're going through right now with COVID is life. Life is not fair, but God is good. And if you keep expecting life to deliver fairness, you're going to be angry at government, angry at friends, angry at everything around you, and disappointed with God, and you will be stopped in your tracks. Let me give you four ways that we can become unstoppable, because it's not personality. It's, you're not just born that way. You become spiritually unstoppable with these four things. Number one, number one is the most important. And number one, we have to have a revelation of Jesus, not just information about Jesus. A revelation of Jesus, not just information about Jesus. And uh, that's why the disciples were unstoppable. Remember, they ran away when Jesus was arrested because they had seen him, spent time with him, but they didn't know the resurrected Lord. Once he'd risen from the dead and they, was, they had seen him, they had an encounter with him, they were unstoppable. You couldn't take that revelation away. And many of us have read about Jesus. We've been in church, and, uh, and we've had a church experience, but we haven't had that revelation that he is our risen Lord, that he's alive, he's at the throne, and that we've been made whole in him and are destined for eternity. When you have that, nothing can stop you from believing in the Bible, in the Word of God, in Jesus, and in the Father, and living in the Holy Spirit. That makes a person unstoppable. The disciples were completely transformed and became unstoppable. Why? They weren't just positive. No, they had had a revelation. And it is so important, church, that we have a revelation of who Jesus is. You remember the apostle Paul. He killed Christians. He put Christians to death. He thought he was doing God a service. In fact, Jesus said that. He said to the disciples, one day people are going to kill you, and they're going to think they're doing a service to God. Paul was one of those. But then he had a revelation. The Bible says in Acts 9, he tells the story of how, uh, Luke tells the story of how he met Jesus on the road to Damascus. And having met the resurrected Lord, Paul was completely turned around and became unstoppable. I want to read you a list of the things, and we've touched on this before, but it's important to look at the list of things that couldn't stop Paul. 2 Corinthians chapter 11, and we see him here, unstoppable. He says, I have been in prison more frequently, been flogged more severely, and have been exposed to death again and again. It's like he, he was exposed to COVID, first wave, second wave, third wave, fourth wave, and then there was some other kind of disease. He was threatened by death all the time, but unstoppable. Then he says five times, five times, 
I received from the Jews the 40 lashes minus one. 59 lashes. He had it five times. His back must have looked a mess. He says, three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned. Three times I was shipwrecked. I spent a day, and a night and a day in the open sea. Gosh, that's enough for me. I've been constantly on the move. I've been in danger from rivers, in danger from bandits, in danger from my own countrymen, in danger from Gentiles, in danger in the city, in danger in the country, in danger at sea, and in danger from false brothers. That's danger everywhere. We live with crime in South Africa. We feel threatened. Some of you have had your homes broken into, your very possessions stolen. We had a couple in our church. Their stove was taken out of the house in a robbery. That's the kind of thing. Paul says, you know what? They've done this to me. I face constant danger, but I'm unstoppable. But he goes on to say, I've labored and toiled and often gone without sleep. I've known hunger and thirst and have often gone without food. I've been cold and naked. But he doesn't react, you see. He doesn't respond badly. He doesn't go and burn buildings down in his anger. No, he trusts God and he leans on God for strength. He, sa he says, besides everything else, I face daily the pressure of my concern for all the churches. Then we skip over to verse 32. In Damascus, the governor under King Aretas had the city of Dam Dam Damascus guarded in order to arrest me. But I was lowered in a basket from a window in the wall and slipped through his hands. And then he just keeps going and he keeps preaching. Listen, that happens when you have a revelation. And, and I read further about Paul. He needs to inspire you because when you've had a revelation, you can live like this. Acts chapter 14, he says, Then some Jews came from Antioch and Iconium and won the crowd over. This is Luke speaking. They stoned Paul, dragged him outside the city and thinking he was dead. But after the disciples had gathered around him, he got up and went back into the city you know, it's very easy to be stopped when you're an intellectual believer. When, you, when you're focused on a church experience, at the moment we don't have services and people are like, I, I, you know, I'm missing the presence of God. You're missing a vibe sometimes. And certainly there's a great presence of God when we do get together and the power of the Holy Spirit is there. But make sure you're not just missing a vibe and you're missing connection and, you know, being in the foyer and being with other people. You need to have a faith that when you're alone, when you're at sea, you're unstoppable. When things are piling up against you, a mountain like Paul, you've had a rev. I know whose I am, and I know who I am. And that makes you unstoppable because you've had a revelation and nothing puts you off. It's easy for people who have not really had an encounter with Jesus to have a cerebral, mental, sterile kind of faith. And when I see Christians being put off, I realize it's because they haven't had a revelation. Have you had a revelation? Have you lost your revelation? You need a fresh revelation. George Barner runs an organization that evaluates churches constantly and looks at trends and so on. And the Barner organization in America said this, nearly two-thirds of 18 to 29-year-olds who grew up in church withdraw from church involvement as adults, having been active as teens. And uh, he goes on to talk about the many prominent worship leaders and leaders in the church that abandon their faith. They call it deconstructing. You break down what you believe. Why? Because you've lost your revelation. That's why you're easily stopped. It's not that you've come to a realization that this contradicts that and, oh, I've, now that I'm a leader, I really know the Bible, you know, and it's not true. No. Look at Pastor Bill and I. Look at many leaders around him. Look at our team. Unstoppable why? We've had a revelation, and then we've had a revelation of Scripture. 
I sadly read last year about a worship leader in Canada, John Steingard. He ran a Christian band as well, and uh, Hawk Nelson, they were called. And he says this, after growing up as, in a Christian home, being a pastor's kid, playing and singing in a Christian band, and having the word Christian in front of most of the things in my life, I'm now finding that I no longer believe in God. Listen, you need to have a revelation. Then no matter what riots or COVID or circumstances or failures or challenges you face, you will become unstoppable because you know in whom you've believed and you know that you belong to the Lord. Have you had a revelation? Maybe you need a fresh revelation today. And at the end of the meeting in a moment, I'm going to pray for you to have a fresh revelation so that you can live an unstoppable life because it's not a personality. It's not just sheer positivity. It's when you know who you belong to and who you are in Christ. Number two, the second way that we can live an unstoppable life is believe there is more for us in life than what we have experienced. Believe there is more in life than what we have experienced. You see, if you think there's nothing more, you've lost, life is bad, it's difficult. Now you say, well, is there only going to be more of that? No, no. You can believe that there's more of, more of good things coming in your life. Well, then you can become unstoppable because you say, I'm not stopping at this. I'm not stopping at a death. I'm not stopping at a loss of a business. I'm not stopping at COVID. I'm not stopping at hardship. I'm not stopping because they burnt my buildings down. I am going to go on because God's got much more for me in my future. Amy Purdy is an American snowboarder. And at 19, she got a, a, a form of meningitis, bacterial meningitis, and it's a very serious one. It often leads to death. And, and before you get to that place, you deteriorate. Her hands went black and her feet went black. And then they say you, you, you go into like a comatose state before you actually die. And she recounts how she went through those stages, black hands, black feet, and then she, she, before she actually went into a coma, she, she, uh, she said to herself, uh, she said, I remember thinking, this is what it's like to die. And then she goes on to say, but I remember another feeling, a beacon of optimism. And then she says this. She says, I remember thinking to myself, there's more in store for me. This is not it. There's more in store for me. This is not it. And I read that, I thought, yes, that's how, at, at the point of going to sleep, at the point of becoming comatose from hardship, we need to go, you know what? This is not it. There's more for me. Well, sadly, they amputated her legs below the knee. She uh, lost both uh, her kidneys, her spleen, and uh, she got one of her dad's kidneys some two years later. But guess what? She was unstoppable. She came through that experience believing that there was more. She's an actress today. She's a model, paro snowboarder, motivational speaker. She's a clothing designer. She's written her own book. In 2014, she got a Paralympic bronze medal. And in 2018, a Paralympic silver medal. And she was on Dancing with the Stars, dancing on these prosthetic limbs. And she's nimble. And she says this about her life and about people. She says, there are plenty of people who have legs who are way more disabled than me because disability doesn't start with what you lose physically disability starts what you lose mentally and spiritually and when the devil can stop you up here and stop you in here then he can stop your life even if you have legs and you have arms we've got to believe that there's much more ahead for us a man i read about he's passed away now uh, by the name of uh, Sigi Vilzig. Uh, 
was a survivor of Auschwitz. And uh, his father died in Auschwitz in his arms. He was just a little boy, uh, under 16. And uh, he wrote a book called Unstoppable. And the reason he wrote the book Unstoppable is because in Auschwitz, he several times nearly went to the gas chambers, but he pretended to be older. He pretended to be an expert toolmaker, and so through, through sheer determination decided, I'm going to stay alive. Anyway, after he was released from Auschwitz by the Americans, he was taken to America, arrived there with just a few dollars, no qualifications other than grade school, and he started his first job snub, uh, sh shoveling snow. And uh, he shoveled snow and made money from that. I mean, it's just with a spade. But he started, and then he ended up pressing bow ties, ironing bow ties. From that, he graduated to running a furniture store over a period of time, but just kept believing there's more for me. There's more for me. In the end, he becomes the CEO of a major uh, listed company on the New York Stock Exchange, a, a listed oil company, and uh, with, with assets uh, that were pretty amazing. Uh, I had the figure here somewhere. Yeah. Uh, uh, oh, oh, then he grew a commercial bank. He went, he went on to grow a commercial bank, can you believe it, from being a CEO of an oil company, $4 billion in assets, shoveling snow, pressing bow ties. Why? Because every time he believed, this is not where I'm, uh, he did it faithfully, but this is not where I'm staying. There's more for me. Like Amy Purdy said, this is not it. There's more for me. Man, he went on to be incredibly successful, was given two honorary uh, doctorates from two law universities. And, uh, you know, when I look at his life, what he came from, because that's what people hold on to. This is what I've come from. No, you've got to believe where you're going to. And if you're going to become unstoppable, you've got to believe there's more. This is the level of my experience. God's got more for me in life than what I've already experienced. And when you've got a revelation of who he is, and that this God you have a revelation of has got more for you, you become unstoppable. Nick Vujicic, speaking about people who just wait and believe they're entitled, and a lot of people do that, even in South Africa. I see it across the world. But in South Africa, we're waiting for an ideal government to give us a payout, to lift the level of our lives. And you know what? It's actually not government's job to give you a job. It's up to you to see more and to get a revelation of who you are and to bounce back even if you've fallen and you've had hardship and you've come from a bad background. Nick Vujicic says this. He's, in his book, Life Without Limits, he says, when we feel entitled to the good in life, we feel robbed and outraged when something happens to make us uncomfortable. We then look to blame others and demand that they pay for our discomfort, whatever it might be. In a self-centered state of mind, we become professional victims. Yet, pity parties are the most tedious, unproductive, and unrewarding events you could ever attend. See, become a victim, then you attend pity parties, and it doesn't help. We've got to keep believing and have a revelation of God, but then I keep believing that God has got more for me. Your life is not where it is right now. There is more ahead. And you've got to see beyond the tragedy You've got to, in fact, won't you say this with me today? What, what uh, Amy Purdy said, this is not it. There is more for me. Say it with me at home. This is not it. There is more for me. You say, but I've lost a loved one. This is not it. There is more for me. You know, I just read again this week about Elizabeth Elliot. Her husband, Jim, and her were missionaries to the Orca Indians. 
and they went into the jungle with the love of God, sacrificed their comfortable life in America, went there to preach to the Orca Indians, and they savagely murdered him. She didn't get on a plane and fly out. She stayed there for years and years and years and was unstoppable in loving those people. And I love what she said, because we're talking about seeing beyond here. And she said this, of one thing I am perfectly sure, God's story never ends with ashes. You see, you might be in ashes today. The ashes of a business, the ashes of a loved one. Uh, you, you say, you don't understand how hard it is. No, there is more beyond. This is not it. God's got more for you. Get a revelation, see beyond, and you will become unstoppable. I've got two quick points more. Number three, we must call to mind God's past favor to us. Whenever you cast your mind back, it enables you to go forward and to deal with unstoppable obstacles. David, when faced with Goliath, a giant who had stopped a nation, not just a boy, who had stopped a nation, David looked at him and cast his mind back to the favor of God. He thought about the lion that he defeated and the bear and how God had helped him when he was a shepherd. And he said, the Lord who delivered me from the lion and the bear will deliver me also. And he became unstoppable. The odds were significant. Goliath was huge. And he had intimidated an entire army, a trained army. But David became unstoppable. Why? Because he remembered the favor of God. You know, when you forget God's favor, you are easily stopped. And we have to remember the miracles. I love today in the offering, Apostle Vilma reminded us. And I remember, yes, I remember those. I remember that. Yeah, in business, we didn't do well. Then we sowed. It encouraged me immensely just to hear that story again. And we have to cast our minds back to what God, what God has done. And then we can believe for what he's got in the future. Look here in Psalm 78, what happens when we forget. It says, the men of Ephraim, though armed with bows, they, they, had, they had weapons. They turned back on the day of battle. Why? They forgot what he had done. The wonders he had shown them. He did miracles in the sight of their fathers in the land of Egypt, in the region of Zoan. He divided the sea and led them through. He made the water stand firm like a wall. What has God done for you in the past? Call it to mind. Think about it. Remind yourself. Get a fresh revelation. Then realize what he's going to still do. This is not it. What you've experienced up to now is not it. Then you become unstoppable. Psalm 143, the psalmist relates how we can change. You know, we, we intimidated, but then we become unstoppable. Psalm 143, he says, so I'm ready to give up. I'm in deep despair. But then I remember the days gone by. I think about all that you have done. I bring to mind all your deeds. In other words, I, I, I'm, I'm almost there. Oh, I can't. Yes, I can. Because I think back and then I become unstoppable. So we must call to mind God's past favor towards us. Number four, and I'll be done in a couple of minutes, but this is important. If you want to become unstoppable, this is critical. We must increase our capacity. We must increase our capacity. We have to become bigger so that the challenges we face don't stop us. You see, if a challenge stops you, you can't change the challenge, but you can grow bigger than the challenge 
and become unstoppable. The football player in America, some of you may know him, Antonio Brown, he says you can get excited and feel unstoppable, but every week presents a new challenge. Each week you have to work and get better. You see, you can feel unstoppable, but each week you face the challenge and you have to grow yourself because you can't rely on feelings. We have to increase our capacity. You know, David had men that were around him, mighty men, and their capacity was large. That's why they were unstoppable. We don't have time to read about all of them here, but I want to just quote one or two of them because when you read these stories, they don't always make sense for our lives, but the king, King Jesus, who is the son of David, needs people around him like us who have grown larger in capacity and can take on our challenges. And when we look at our challenges, oh, that's nothing. And that challenge and that, like Paul, there's a list of challenges. Notice these men here, Jasho Beam the Hackmanite. He was chief, and it says he raised his spear against 300 men. Not three men, 300 men. Why? Because he had grown large in skill and in capacity. And it says he killed them in one encounter. Talk about someone bigger than his challenges. Benaniah, the son of Jehoda, a valiant fighter from Kabzeel, performed great exploits. He struck down Moab's two mightiest warriors. He also went down into a pit on a snowy day and killed a lion. And then it says, and he struck down an Egyptian who was five cubits tall. These people were bigger than the challengers. Their capacity was big, and they got around David, and they brought victory to his kingdom. In 1 Chronicles chapter 12, we read again about a few other men, and it talks about the warriors that came to David at Ziglag. And I want to pick up in verse 2. They were armed with bows, and they were able to shoot arrows and sling stones right-handed or left-handed. And it says, these Gadites were army commanders. The least was a match for a hundred and the greatest for a thousand. You see, capacity that when obstacles came, they were bigger. We have to grow larger. We can't expect things to get smaller. Oh, when COVID goes, then I'll be in a better state of mind. Oh, when, when, when the country settles, then I'll be happier. No, we've got to be happy despite COVID. We've got to be happy despite the challenges because our capacity is large. The Lord Jesus was like that. He was flexible. No matter what happened, right hand or left hand. And when the obstacles came, the Bible says in Luke's gospel, they came to take him and throw him off the brow of a hill and he walked through the midst of them. He was bigger than the challenge. And that's what we have to do today. The enemy wants to keep stopping us, stopping us in our tracks. But guess what? We need to be the church and we need to stand strong in these days. Revelation, believe for more, remember past favor and grow in capacity. I love what a university professor said, and I'm coming to a close here. If Columbus had turned back, Nobody would have blamed him, but he says, but nobody would have remembered him either. Isn't that the truth? Nobody would have blamed him, but nobody would have remembered him. We need to be memorable. We need to go down in history, and we need to grow on the inside. As I close today, I've told you a story some time back. You may remember it, but it's worth repeating. A man called Sean Stevenson, he's now passed away in 2019, but he was born with a disease called osteogenesis imperfecta, only grew to one meter tall, a tiny little man. His bones were so brittle, that's what the disease does, that, you know, if you cough, you can break a bone. By the time he was 18, he broke 200 bones 
in his body. They never thought he would survive in, even into his 20s. He used to travel in a baby car seat, and uh, he had to be lifted by his parents, and he went around on the ground like a penguin, and he had frequent bouts of severe pain. But he was unstoppable, and he wrote a book, Get Off Your Butt. Not your literal butt, your butts. You know, when you say butt, he wrote a book on how we could move forward. And what an amazing man. Did a TV documentary, used to preach to, to thousands of people, wrote books. And uh, he often used to be attacked by disabled people because, you know what, we always are looking to, to, to counter those who tell us to be unstoppable. Maybe today you're listening to me and you're saying, but, no, 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 don't write me emails, don't, get, don't be negative, become unstoppable. Starts with a revelation. And Sean Stevenson was amazing. Uh, he once said, being three foot, because he was just, you know, he's American, three foot tall, is 2% of who I am. I am more than able. I'm playing life large. Now, not just a motivational speaker, not just a positive attitude, not just a book. Ended up married to a lovely lady, Mindy Kniss. And uh, what, a, what, a, what a successful life. And he's passed on. You know what? He was a small man, but he lived a large life. And that's what God wants for us today. He wants us to get a revelation, see beyond our challenges, think back to what he's done, and then grow our capacity. You and I and Rivers Church can do more than we possibly can imagine. But it starts with a fresh revelation or a revelation of Jesus, not just a positive attitude, and remembering what God has done, believing for more, this is not it, and then moving forward and growing in capacity. How do you grow your capacity? You face challenges. When you hit a wall, you bounce off, you don't splatter, and you keep going forward. And today, I want you to say with me one last time, because I want to pray with Christians today. This is not it. God has got more for me. If you would like a fresh revelation as a Christian, I'm going to pray with you, but this is what I'll do. I'll pray with you, but I'll also pray with people who haven't had a revelation. Maybe you're a visitor today. Welcome. Glad to have had you with us. Thank you for staying right to the end of the message. But maybe you don't know Jesus. You know about him, but that's not enough to make you unstoppable. When you know him, when he lives in you, and you know that you know that you know that you belong to God, you are saved, you're washed, you're forgiven of your sins. There's eternity waiting. This life isn't all there is. God's got a great plan for your life, but he's got much more for you. He's got an eternity with his son. When you get to know that, you become unstoppable. Maybe today you want to invite Jesus into your life. I'm going to pray a double prayer for Christians to get a fresh revelation and for you to be saved. Join me in prayer. Come, everyone at home, we need to live unstoppable lives. Let's pray. Father, we thank you today that you come and you live in our lives and you bring your spirit and your presence and you invigorate us and you make us unstoppable. I pray firstly for Christians today, everyone listening to my voice, watching this video. I pray, Lord, that they would get a fresh revelation. For those that have gone stale, they've been stopped in their tracks. They've had so much hardship that they've laid down. Now I pray, lift them up. Give them a fresh revelation of who Jesus is. Let them realize that God is on their side. He's not against them. He's for them. And that he wants to invigorate them by the Spirit of God. Fill them with your Holy Spirit today, Lord. Give them energy beyond, beyond a pet-me-up, beyond a positive attitude. Give them something powerful. Raise them up, I pray. And then for those who don't know you, let them open their hearts today and discover Jesus Christ.
as their Lord and Savior. And, and, and if you don't know Jesus today, pray this prayer with me. Lord Jesus, I believe in you today. I believe that you are my Savior. You died for my sins on the cross to give me eternal life. I put my trust in you today. I give you my life. And I commit to rely on you for eternal salvation. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name. Amen. We hope you have been blessed and inspired by this message. 